Welcome to the Guided Truth Podcast, and we are back with another episode. We've been focusing on being not guilty, but we're going to take a little dive into freedom. What does it mean to be free? We know how to live a not guilty life, but what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to live a free life? I think we covered this in the second or third episode, you know, a not guilty life is a free life in Christ. But we're going to really talk about this just a little bit more. To give a wider perspective on what that really means to live a free life, a free life. So if you can, if you're not driving, if you're not anywhere where impairing your vision or closing your eyes would cause harm to anyone but yourself, <laughs> because, you know, we, we want to consider your safety, take a moment and close your eyes. Go ahead and imagine this. Imagine a courtroom. There's a prosecutor and of course there's a defense. And in front of this defense is a large case file filled with crimes the defendant committed. Some crimes he or she wasn't aware of. The defendant has never seen their lawyer before. However, the lawyer knows every detail of these crimes and even more so knows everything about the defendant. Now, the prosecutor wants to give the defendant life in prison for every offense, but the defense lawyer objects by way of double jeopardy. And if you're not sure what double jeopardy is, it basically means that you cannot be tried for a crime or the same crime that you already spent time for or that you've already been tried for. So the lawyer says, the price for every crime was already paid. My client was there paying the price just as I paid the price. You cannot try them or charge them twice for the same crime. The judge rules that the defendant goes free. The lawyer looks at the defendant and says, For freedom, I have set you free. Cherish this truth. You know you're the defendant, right? And for freedom, Christ has truly set you free. He has truly set you free. He has truly set you free. And he instructs us to cherish this truth. Why do you think he would say that? Why do you think he would say to cherish this truth? That means that there are going to be a lot of different things in life that's going to make you question, am I really free? You know, that am I really walking in this free life? Am I worthy of it? Am I worth it? Should I even fully indulge? You know, the last couple episodes, we really focused on what it means to be guilty, but what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to live a free life? Now that you know that you're you're the one the lawyer was defending, would you take the bailiff's cuffs and throw yourself in prison knowing that you've been declared free? I don't think so. I don't think you would, and trust me, I, I surely wouldn't. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, At last we have freedom, for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. In another version it says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery around you. What does this mean? Take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery around you. In another version it says, Firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of your past. You know, there may be people, there may be people in your life 
There might be people that are in authority figures. There might be people that surround you. And they are pointing out all of these different things that you used to do. You no longer do them, but you used to do. And they're saying, you know what? You are still this person. You still remind me of this person. Or I still have the same memory of you. And you have the authority. You literally have the legal right to stand up and say, no, I don't know who that person is. I don't know who that person is. I cherish the truth that I am a new creation. I cherish the truth that for freedom, Christ has set me free. So I can no longer link myself to my past mistakes because why? They're not even mine anymore. Somebody paid for them. You know, there might be circumstances, you know, there might be battles that arise that may tempt you to act like someone who isn't free, to act like you're still in bondage, but Jesus says, refuse it. Some of these things may look like traumas that you may have experienced as, you know, results from family or broken relationships or even work. Some of us may have been in abusive relationships or may have to deal with, you know, the lies people tell. That sounds like a movie, lies people tell. Every day the enemy is looking for weak points in your life. He wants you to put yourself back in bondage because only you can do it. Only you can do it once you are in Christ. He literally has no reign over you. He has no right over you. And I think as Christians, you know, we place so much emphasis on, you know, it's the enemy, the enemy, the enemy that's doing this. You know, the devil's busy. He's always going to be busy. You know, like those stubborn children that know they're about to get whooped for something that ain't going to work out, right? Like, he's always going to be busy. But the good news is... We have a God that's constantly faithful. We have a God whom, whom we're hidden, hidden in. We have a God. We have a Father that, that surrounds us. You know, we are literally hid in, in Christ in God, which literally makes us untouchable. The Bible tells us, you know, touch not the anointed of the Lord. It also tells us that, you know, for every sin, we also have a way out. So God has literally given us everything that we need to prevent us from sinning and prevent us from putting ourselves back into that judgment, putting ourselves back into that state of bondage. But this is where you're going to take your stand and say, no, Christ died. So I do not have to experience depression. I do not have to experience abuse. I do not have to be taken advantage of. I do not have to be a subject of lies or being the one telling lies. I do not have to be a subject to stealing or being stolen from, being angry or being angry with others or experiencing the anger from others. I do not have to, you know, subject myself to idolatry idolatry or religiosity, you know. I do not allow anyone or anything to make me a slave to these things, nor do I make myself a slave to these things. Those things are kind of like the bondage from our past. They're, they're like the harness of slavery that others trying to try to put around our necks. That if we pick them up, we will be putting them around our necks. We will be subjecting ourselves to that same prison, to that same slavery from which Christ has set us free from. It says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. That means that you are free literally to be free. <laughs> like you, I don't want to say that you have nobody to answer to or you don't have any responsibilities. No, 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 no. I know it sounds nice. I know it feels really great to say like, you know what? I'm free. I could do whatever I want because 
all of my sins are paid for, you know, even the ones that I didn't commit. You know, the Bible says, um, while we were yet sinners, Christ died before I even had a chance to commit them. And some people may take that as, you know what, Christ already prayed for this. So I'm going to just keep doing whatever it is I want to do. But, 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 but. In Galatians, actually no, in in Romans 6 verse 5 it says, Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not! Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Once again, The scripture is showing us that we choose. We choose what we give into. The scripture is showing us what it means to live life like Jesus does. As Christ does. In complete freedom of bondage. Knowing that every chain has been broken. Knowing that every psychological, mental, and emotional turmoil, trauma has been released from us. And we have control over whatever it is. That we subject ourselves to. We have control of what we choose to obey. We have control of what it is that we choose to give into. We have control. We have control. You know, God is so nice that he wouldn't force himself on us. He wouldn't force will upon us. But he would allow us to allow ours to align with his. And that in itself is a blessing. That same scripture continues to say, Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin... But now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. And you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of this weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now... You must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness living. Ah, wait. To give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Well, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And there was one thing that really stuck out there. It said, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You were ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that ended in eternal doom. Now you can see that freedom doesn't just release us from lawlessness. But it also releases us from shame. It releases us from guilt. You know, not guilty. It releases us from all of these things that basically dampen us. That keep us from living that righteous life that has been imputed upon us. Christ made us righteous. So that means that we have the ability to live a righteous and holy life. Because why? He did it for us. We couldn't even do it on our own. So a, a part of living this freedom, a part of experiencing freedom and walking fully in it requires us to recognize that, you know what? 
On our own, we can't do it. But Christ gave us the ability to. Christ made us righteous. Christ gave us that freedom. So if it was given unto us, that means that it's a gift. We didn't have to pay for it. It was given unto us. That means that we should be able to use it to the best of our ability. To enjoy it to the best of our ability. Think about when you give children gifts. You know, they unwrap it. They're excited and they use it. Especially if it becomes like their favorite toy. It's with them all the time. It's a gift. Freedom is a gift. And I truly encourage you to use it to the best of your ability. To walk in it to the best of your ability. Don't let, don't allow anyone or anything to take away your ability to walk freely with God. To walk freely in this Christ life and to live freely. Don't let anyone or anything, and you yourself, don't subject yourself to slavery. You yourself do not, you know, ruminate on those thoughts of the past or on those regrets or wishing that you could have done something better. It's already paid for. And God is just saying, you know what? Move on. I got you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. I got you. I got you. So be free and live freely. If this is your first time listening, if you're a return and you know this and you haven't given your life to Christ and you're thinking, you know what? I might want to indulge in this free life. It sounds so much better than having to be looking over my shoulders, feeling very guilty, feeling condemned all of the time, feeling like I'm not worth God's God's love, feeling like no one will ever love me, feeling like I've done so much wrong and I'm constantly going into these cycles. I would like to extend an invitation to the family. So just go ahead and pray this simple prayer. Lord, I repent of my sin. Jesus, I believe you to be my Lord and Savior. You are the one that died and you rose again. You conquered both the death and the grave so that I might share in eternal life with you. I ask that you may come into my heart, that you have your way. You make your presence, you make your very being residence in my body. I accept your gift of freedom. I accept your gift of life. And I say you take complete control in the name of Jesus. Friends, have you prayed that simple prayer? Have you prayed that very simple prayer? I truly believe that you just got born again. I'm going to say a big congratulations. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And we love you here. We love you here. And even more importantly, God loves you too.